When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 326th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are picking 8th in the upcoming draft, which will be held April the 28th through the 30th in Las Vegas. The Falcons are in the top 10, and there's a lot of speculation on whether they will take a quarterback. The Falcons and the Carolina Panthers are looking at all other quarterbacks. And then yesterday, we had the Saints make a trade with the Eagles. They have enough capital to move up in front of both Carolina and Atlanta, but they may not be doing it for a quarterback. Mike Triplett was on uh, SiriusXM today, Mike of ESPN out of New Orleans, and he suspects that they can stay where they're at and get a right tackle and a uh, wide receiver. But as far as the quarterbacks are concerned, Malik Willis is set to visit the Falcons, according to one report out there, both the Falcons and the Panthers. And the two top quarterbacks are either Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. And Malik, we're going to get into both of those guys a little bit. You know that uh, listening to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, we are uh, big fans of Bill Polian, the former six-time Uh, award-winning GM Hall of Famer. He's helped us in the past with giving us the Bill Purcell's test on how you evaluate quarterbacks. We've shared that before. You know, you have to play over 30 games, have a winning percentage, throw for uh, X amount of yards. And so if you can Google that, and we did that the year Trubisky was coming out. He's like, hey, he just done passed the Bill Purcell's test. Uh, In this uh, discussion, It applies to Pickett. But let's start off with Malik Willis. A lot of you all know him. He's from Atlanta, played at Westlake High, and then Roswell. Started his career at Auburn, transferred to Liberty, and flat out said he wasn't working hard enough. So, you know, you'd like to see the kids uh, acknowledge that, hey, they got to work a little harder, and he did that and turned himself into an NFL prospect. But... Bill Polian today on uh, SiriusXM, he said he's six foot. That's a problem for him. You know, not for everybody anymore. You know, Lamar is just over that, and Kyla Murray is, uh, you know, I think 5'10 or so. So you can move. You got to move quarterback, basically. So he's 210, 220. That's big enough. He's a sub 4'5 guy. Electric runner with a rocket arm. But you don't know where the ball's gonna go, and so that that's a problem, um, because if you're an accurate passer, that usually doesn't get better. So I mean, are you just gonna be throwing stuff up, hoping your guys can go get it, uh, or you're gonna be running around a lot? So uh, we'll see if you know. Some people are gonna think they can coach him, coach him up, and teach him enough routes. Um, you know, hit the post, hit the go. Everything can't be a go route. Uh, in the NFL, you're going to have to hit some crossers and some zone beaters uh, and, and so forth. 
Uh, so, but somebody's gonna think that hey, they can fix that. Uh, even uh, Coach Freeze up there said, "Hey, um, what he doesn't know, he doesn't know." So you know that says he's gonna take a little while to learn how to read defenses because he used his great athletic ability to uh, run and pass at a smaller division. He also struggled a little bit when they played up. Uh, you know they say he's got some Michael Vick to him. Poland said that. But um, Michael Vick was a better thrower. And we know uh, that Mike wasn't, you know, the most accurate guy at times, too. And he threw a little hot ball. So that's what they're saying about Malik Willis. Uh, there's some worry about the six-foot quarterback, like he said. He thinks it's going to take him three years or two years to develop. So nobody's drafting a quarterback at six or eight and sitting them for three and two years anymore. That's some old-school stuff. He's going to play. Somebody's going to draft him, and he's going to play. And they're going to try to teach him on the fly. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. So, um, you know, Blake Bortles just got cut today. You know, he was hot for a while. Uh, They're they're churning through quarterbacks a lot more faster these days. You know, Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick. They messed that up. I thought John Dorsey was going to go with Josh Allen. He didn't. They're cycling through these guys. So the kid is going to get a shot, and if he, he can't do the job, uh, he won't be there in four years. He'll be out looking uh, for work like Blake Bortles. So with that, let's hear a little bit from Malik Willis from the Combine and why he's the best quarterback in this draft. I mean, I think it's just my willingness to, you know, learn, my willingness to try to be great and the uh, physical tools I was blessed with, and I think my work ethic. There he is, Malik Willis. That was a great story about him at the combine where he stopped and uh, uh, helped out a homeless person and so forth. Uh, everybody's talking about his great character and so forth. Uh, so, so you know, he's going to be a willing and learning student. I just don't think, you know, if you're here in Atlanta, you could have him watch Marcus Mariota for a while. But if he goes to Carolina, there's nobody to watch. So... Oh, that, you know, you probably don't want to wish the Panthers on him. But if he goes number six, that's where he'll go. But we wanted to check in with him and see what type of offense best fits his talents. Uh, one that scored points. I mean, that's all I got. <laughs> I'm sorry. So he's got jokes, too. So, hey. Who's going to be mad at somebody uh, kicking out some jokes for us? So uh, that's Malik Willis. That's our breakdown here. We're going to move over to Kenny Pickett now. The Georgia Georgia Tech fans saw him up close and personal, and he did damage uh, to them uh, uh, down on the flats there. So they are more familiar with him. He's the quarterback from Pittsburgh. We've been following him since the combine and the uh, senior bowl. But he's the guy, he's, he fits the Bill Purcell's rules. Over 30 starts, he had 49. He had a, a over 75% winning percentage. That's the other part of it. He was 32 and 17, threw for over 10,000 yards, which, you know, is another part of the Bill Purcell's rule. Uh, he threw for 1,200, more than 1,200 yards. Uh, can make all the throws, 81 touchdown passes. So he was productive over a period of time and won at his school. Those are um, some of the parameters of the Bill Parcells test that uh, uh, Bill Polian pointed out that Kenny Pickett uh, made. Now, the down thing is the 8.5 hand size, and, you know, he wears a glove, so they they don't think it's going to be a real issue. 
But, um, you know, there was, I heard Aaron Murray on the radio uh, talking about how tough it was, and he had a little bit bigger hand size. And Aaron was talking about how tough it was to throw the ball in Kansas City in the wintertime through that. So it's real for guys that uh, are playing in that cold, you know, Midwestern, upper Midwestern season or in the wintertime where you're going to have at least, you know, you're playing, uh, you know, in November and December in, in very bad climates. Uh, so, you know, some teams are going to stay away from him. But in Atlanta, where you got eight inside and you got one with the Saints inside and the other one's in Tampa, um, you know, Carolina can get cold a little bit. But for the most part, you got, uh, you know, 10 games. You know, that's, uh, you know, uh, your eight home games. There are three division games. That's 11 out of 16 in pretty decent weather conditions. So uh, we'll see if he makes it here. But, yeah, Kenny Pickett, he's um, – some people say he's the average guy. But, hey, if you don't have a quarterback, hey, you know, take a fly on this guy. And there again, um, for Carolina, he would be under Sam Darnold at all. And um, in Atlanta, you know, he'd be with uh, Marcus Mariota and Felipe Franks. So, you know, you just want to make sure that when you're drafting in the eighth pick – or six overall, you don't want um, these initials by your name, J-A-G. You don't want to be just a guy. <laughs> and that scout talk for, hey, you know, you probably don't want to take a jag at the eighth overall pick. But, you know, if they take either one of these guys, we're going to call the GM in the question because he said he's taking the best player available. And neither one of these guys are, are the best player available at number eight. Uh, but teams get off freakish when they get they don't have a quarterback. Now they don't have a quarterback. Try to get Deshaun, trade it, uh, trade it Matt Ryan. Now you got Marcus Mariota. Don't think that's the long term plan. Uh, you know maybe they think they could save him. You know like they saved Ryan Tannehill and you could build around him and drop the um, quarterback in there later. So you know uh, if they get Malik, people are gonna be calling for him to play as soon as Mariota messes up. Same thing with Pickett. You know, so if you draft a quarterback, you pretty much gonna be committing to playing him. But I know Arthur Smith's gonna play. He's not gonna listen to that. He's gonna play the uh, people that give him the best chance to win. He's gonna play the people that are ready to play. You know, Richie Grant wasn't ready to play last year, so they didn't play him. They put him at nickelback, let him play on special teams till he got ready. So same thing with this quarterback situation. Pickett is more pro ready. He is twenty four years old. So you probably want to get him on the field as soon as you can. But if he's just a guy, you're going to be back in the quarterback market real quick here in four years. So uh, that's one thing that this quarterback class is not supposed to be that great. And we're going to go to um, look at the rest of the the top ten here. Uh, After we hear from Kenny Pickett, he's going to explain his rapid rise in 2021. I think uh, you know knowing how to win is, is is key, and that's that's the number one thing at this position. Um, I think just you know all the hard work over the years kind of culminated in that last season. It wasn't just an overnight thing. I didn't just wake up and all that fell into my lap. So it was years and years of hard work with my teammates, my coaches, and uh, you know we really went out there and, and had the season we all expected to have. Well, there it is, Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh quarterback. Could he be the next Atlanta Falcon? Uh, one stat here. Uh, 
I heard the Falcons selected a, the last two times in the top ten. They selected a quarterback. It was Michael Vick and Matt Ryan. And those worked out pretty good. Michael could have been a little bit better uh, if he hadn't ran into legal trouble. But uh, he was, um, you know, the Falcons were competitive. Every Sunday he was on the field. And uh, he did go to the playoffs and went to one NFC championship game. So with that, we're going to look at the quarterbacks, top 10 listing our quarterbacks there. But before we do that, let's go ahead and take a break from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show streaming now on AJC.com. All right, we're back from our break here, and uh, many of you know that as the draft gets closer, we start breaking down the position-by-position position series, and we started, we got our offensive uh, top fives together here. You know, quarterbacks, we always start with the quarterbacks uh, and then try to match them up with the Falcons and their needs. So they need a quarterback. So, okay, Terry says they're not, Terry Fontenot, the GM, is not going to take not going to reach for the quarterback. If he takes one at, at uh, eight, he's reaching. So they do have other picks, and there are other quarterbacks in this draft. Some of them are going to slip. They did spend a lot of time at Cincinnati for Desmond Ritter. You know, as we get into our position-by-position position series, we're promoting that here today. Uh, I think the start date was the 11th last year. Just got to run through the budget and um, get it approved from the sports editor who's at – our, our guy Chris Vivlamore is down at the Masters directing coverage this week, so he's not really looking for me this week. But anyway, uh, quarterback-wise, we got Matt Carell from Ole Miss. Some people have him rated higher than Malik and Pickett, so we'll be going over that at some point. He got hurt in a bowl game, started at USC, had some issues in high school. You know, he's got an interesting backstory, and we'll get, get that to you during our position-by-position position series. So, Corral, Malik, Willis, Kenny Pickett, four for Sam Howe from North Carolina, Desmond Ritter from the University of Cincinnati. Then I've got six more. That's the top five, so I got a top 11 because I couldn't decide on the last two. Carson Strong from Nevada, Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky. He didn't look good at all at the um, Senior Bowl, but... He's the seventh-best quarterback in this class. Skylar Thompson, Kent State. Cole Kelly from southeastern Louisiana. Jack Cohen from Notre Dame. And Brock Purdy from Iowa State. You know, some people were saying Brock was uh, the number one quarterback coming into this season. Then they didn't have that good of a season. He kind of dropped. 
not as bad as the Oklahoma kid, but he did kind of drop. So, But those are big kids you might could see go later in the draft. Maybe the Falcons think they can coach up Ritter, who would be a good match with Mariota. Carson Strong, I, I liked him at the Senior Bowl, but he couldn't call plays. A lot of these guys have never been under center. Uh, a lot of these guys are projects. So this is kind of, you know, the word on the street is this is the E.J. Manuel draft when he went 16 or the Christian Ponder draft when he went 12 to the Vikings. You know, if you don't have a quarterback, you overdraft sometimes. Um, Blake Bortles mentioned him earlier. They got to the AFC Championship game just pounding the ball at people. And he was over 70% completion rate at UCF, but he's uh, unemployed right now. Now, the wide receivers, the Falcons have heavily scouted them, too. And we have our top five, our working top five. We, You know, Garrett Wilson, we had the Falcons taking him in the mock draft 2.0. He's the eighth best player in the draft. That would be well-received if he was selected. They definitely need a big play wide receiver, even though they've signed a bunch of veterans here in the offseason three, and we're going to get to one of them today. Jamison Williams is uh, second. You know, he's hurt, the Alabama kid. Somebody's going to take him. You know, somebody, there's a lot of teams with two first-round picks, uh, and they'll, um, you know, they'll just let him rehab, and y'all saw him get hurt in the championship game against Georgia, but he's number two. Then Drake London from USC, the big guy who can't separate. I don't know why we got him so high, but a lot of people like him. Traylon Burks from Arkansas, and then Chris Olave from OSU. So those are our top five wide receivers. And then, uh, you know, not too far down in the second five will be George Pickens from Georgia. He's uh, the 40th first player rated overall by CBS Sports. And that uh, that would make him a second rounder. So there's a lot of buzz about him. He could move up in the first. And a lot of people know that he's coming off of the ACL also. So, but it's like 12 receivers that run, um, you know, sub 4-4. Four, four. So, if you need a wide receiver, you, you know, I don't know if any of these guys are like can't miss guys that you just got to have or you just wait and take the, the 11th <laughs> sub 4-4 four, four guy in the second round. I don't know. So, um, wide receiver stacked. It's deep. This is a big wide receiver draft. You can get them on day one and day two. So, if they don't take one at eight and they go Sauce Gardner, that's fine. They did sign Casey Hayward. But, um, you know, just take the best player. They, I, I had Dave Davis. I wouldn't mind seeing him sitting in the middle of that 3-4. Then nobody's going to be trying to push you around if you got big, big Nate in there. But he's not – you can't take him at eight, though. That's just the problem. So, that's defense. Let me get back on the offense here. We Running backs. They're going to take a running back. And they're going to probably take them in the third round. The one that's been mentioned a lot here lately is Isaiah Spiller. Of course, I got to go see if he's related to the Clemson Spiller from a couple years back. But the top running back is Kenny Walker from Michigan State. And, man, I saw him in that Michigan game. He just went to work. I thought Coach Melvin's team was something special that day. And this kid put on quite a show. Bryce Hall from Iowa State is getting a lot of push. Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. I think he ran slow at the combine, though. And Damian Pierce from Florida. Those are the top five backs. And I, I was doing the work today. James Cook is like, he's almost like at 186. That puts him in the fifth 
round, fifth or sixth round, late fifth, early sixth. I thought I thought he was gonna go higher than that, and then I couldn't get anything on Zamir White. So I don't know. Uh, I gotta keep working on that because uh, I, I thought I had him going higher too, but now it's looking like an undrafted grade for him. But we'll double check that before we get to the running backs on Zamir White. We gotta make some more calls on that. Well, we'll call our buddy, the fine running backs coach, offensive coordinator uh, in Kansas City. See if he's got some insight for us, Mister Beginning. So tight ends, not a good year for tight ends. Falcons don't need one. So hey. Trey McBride, Colorado State, Greg Dulich, UCLA, Jeremy Rickert, Ohio State, Jalen Weidermeyer, and Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin. No Kyle Pitts in the group there. Then offensive linemen. We went over to um, Alabama last week for Evan Neal's pro day. A lot of the guys aren't doing a whole lot. He didn't lift, but he did his pass. He did his position drills. And he looked great moving his feet. I mean, I shot a video. It went viral. The NFL retweeted it. Damian Woody retweeted it. It's like, hey, look at this big man move. I mean, and it was, it was from the right tackle side, too. So, you know, some guys might have to uh, – he might have to start at, uh, you know, right tackle on some teams. But he played left last year. He played right guard. He played left guard early, uh, right tackle, then left tackle. So, versatility – uh, from the big fella. Tyler Linderbaum, some people have him ahead of Charles Cross and Akeem Iguano from North Carolina State. But you see all three of those, all four of those names going in the first round of most mock drafts. And then uh, Central Michigan's uh, Bernard Ryman, uh, he was he's a converted tight end. Started his career at uh, with the Chippewas up there at 240 pounds. He's from Austria. Had to leave to go serve in the military to serve his uh, his country uh, military mandatory military time, and then came back. Uh, they asked him to move to tight end. They moved to tackle from from tight end, and uh, he ended up putting uh, on sixty five pounds. He's like three oh five now. He started his career at two forty, so uh, he's a big man. He's drawing a lot of interest. Could see him go late in the first round. Before we get out of here from this uh, episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, we're going to discuss some of the new Falcons who were signed this week, and we're going to hear from a couple that were already signed. Demir Bird, a little fast, speedy wide receiver. Y'all might remember the Arizona game from two years ago where he just shot past Isaiah Oliver and Ricardo Allen. Kyler Mary just hit him in stride. That's who he is. He played at the Panthers for a while, too. Little speed guy, somebody could take the top. They call that taking the top off the defense. So you know when people start bunching up on Kyle Pitts, they're gonna shoot Bird down the field, boom, and Marcus Mariota or Kenny uh, Pickett or Malik Willis uh, better be able to stick it out there because he can fly. Now, big one, Rashid, Rashid Evans, the linebacker from Tennessee, played at Alabama. Um, Titans didn't pick up his fourth round, a fifth-year tender, so he became a free agent. Only got a one-year deal from the Falcons, but that reunites him with Dean Pease. His 2019 season was his best under Pease, and he had 111 tackles. So the Falcons need a linebacker. 
They lost Fourier Ulakan, so Rashid and Mikhail Walker can fight for that open spot. I don't like that he's 232. I think uh, Fourier is a little bit thicker at 240, and um, so I don't want. I don't like two. 230-pound inside linebackers. That doesn't sound right. But unless, of course, you put Nate Davis in front of him. And then Bo Brinkley, long snapper. Okay, no surprise there. He played at Tennessee with Arthur Smith for 10 years. Uh, they lost um, our guy Josh Harris from West Carrollton and Auburn to the Chargers. You know it's bad when you lose your long snapper in free agency. <laughs> That's bad, bad, bad. But they did, but they knew Bo Brinkley was out there on the street. He only played a couple games with Arizona last year. He's 32. So, you know, if he's got some football left in him, hey, the long snapper job is his. Before we um, wrap up, just one more note here for you all with the salary cap. I know we got our salary cap watchers there. Uh, 66 players are under contract, but uh, with the top 51 rule, the NFLPA public salary cap number is uh, the Falcons are at 4.3 million, and, and you know that's not enough for the rookie class. So you know there's a lot of speculation they're trying to get something done with Grady Jarrett that could bring his number down. And it was my understanding that they didn't want an extension. They wanted another to get the free agency the second time to, you know, because the market was going up. So that's probably why this negotiation isn't going as probably as quickly as uh, some would like. But we, you know, we shared the comments from Arthur Smith on the story last week about building a roster and the uh, quotes from uh, Arthur Blank on Grady Jarrett and what they're going to do there. So with that, let's hear from a couple of these new Falcons that already signed here. Uh, Damian Williams, the running back, we asked him why did he pick the Falcons. Honestly, just going on my visit and honestly them being the first ones to call, that for me personally shows, you know, the interest that somebody wants you right now. So, you know, going up there, meeting with the GM, meeting with the head man, Knowing that, you know, my old running back coach is there as well. It, it all just gelled for me. All right. There he is, Damian Williams. Now, um, they call him Playoff Damian because he, he throws down the playoffs. He had the 38-yard touchdown run in the Super Bowl for the Chiefs, ran 408 that day in their win over the 49ers. So uh, he's with the Bears last year, set out the – 2020 season because his mom was diagnosed with cancer and during the pandemic he had to take care of his mother she's doing much better now he he told us and so he's a new running back back there in the uh backfield for the atlanta falcons so we also wanted to find out if he knows what his role will be with the team because he's been a backup throughout his career and here's what he had to say honestly there was no there was no role no to be spoke of at the end of the day, you know, I know I know my role and what has always been is come to somebody's uh, organization and, you know, help them get to, to a championship. That's been his role. And, uh, you know, so he wants to try to help the Falcons get to a championship. So veteran corner, we know Casey Hayward from Perry, Georgia. He said he was a big basketball guy, big Michael Vick guy. Uh, went off to Vanderbilt and um, – 
he didn't get off to a great start in Green Bay, but he kind of salvaged his career in San Diego, went to a couple Pro Bowls, and now he's a, a longtime veteran in the National Football League. He discussed what it means to be home in Georgia. Well, there it is. He's at home, and folks will get to come see more of his games. He's essentially a replacement for Fabian Moreau, who started all 16 games last year at right cornerback. I'm sure they may still draft a cornerback. Can never have too many cornerbacks. And, you know, they're going to be counting on some of those guys that they drafted last year to improve. Uh, Darren Hall, Avery Williams at cornerback. Uh, and then also they did resign Isaiah Oliver. So never could have too many cornerbacks, and they got one they, they can go play with in Casey Hayward, the veteran from Perry, Georgia. Here's how he thinks he can help the Falcons. I know what I do bring. I bring leadership. I bring veteran uh, presence. Uh, they already got someone young coming in. They got a young That's Casey Hayward. He's going to be playing. Expect to see him on the field for sure. So we're going to just wrap up here today. We looked at the top two quarterbacks in the draft, went through some of the offensive players as we have them ranked heading into our position-by-position series. Next week on the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, we'll look at the defenders. The Falcons are going to, you know, be active here. They need it. You know, they, their perennial search for edge rusher continues. They're going to need linebackers. They're going to need secondary help. Uh, we'll have a depth chart filled out. And if they stay true to their game and say they're taking the best player available, we'll see if some players from Georgia make it to the Falcons. Remember, they haven't taken a bulldog since 2011. My man Akeem Dent went in the second round. So that's the last time they have taken a Georgia Bulldog. Now, I think Georgia has some good players, given that they won the national championship last year. And we'll see if the Falcons pass on them all throughout this draft this year, too. Then we can keep that conspiracy flag just a-waving. But with that, we're going to get on out of here and get ready for next week. We'll do the defenders in the draft, position-by-position rankings, and so forth. And uh, we are pressing onward to the NFL draft, April the 28th through the 30th. Falcons have uh, nine picks now. And um, interesting note as we go out here, the big thing is the third round. First, second, and third rounds. That's where 70% of your NFL starters come from, according to the Getting Scouts. That's uh, another stat courtesy of our our guy, Bill Polian. So the third round, they want to get starters. That's where 70% of the starters in the NFL come from, and they got a hit. And we know the Falcons been missing. I don't have to go back over all of them. Jalen Collins, second round. (laughs) Duke Riley, second round. Deidre Sanat, third round. Harlow, fourth round. 
But you know, you can't be you can't miss in the first, second, and third round. And we'll see how the new GM and their collaborative approach. They didn't miss last year. They had to play all those kids, and those kids are all be back, and they got to play again this year. Hopefully, they get better. That's the plan, according to Arthur Smith. So with that, we're going to wrap it up here in the 326th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, one last thing. Um, you know, I don't deal with death well, but last couple of weeks, one of our good friends, John Clayton, passed away. The former, uh, you all know him from ESPN, but I know him from standing out in the cold when uh, he was with the Tacoma News, and I was with the Cincinnati Enquirer trying to track down people outside the Crown Plaza in Indianapolis at the Combine. We uh, were good friends through over the years, and I uh, had just talked to him during the Calvin Ridley situation. Didn't know he was sick. I knew he was taking care of his wife, Pat, but um, that was some shocking news a couple weeks back, and uh, I've been meaning to mention it and, and uh, send our condolences on to the family. But I know a lot of football fans know who I'm talking about. Y'all called him the professor. Had the greatest ESPN commercial where he had the ponytail thing. and uh, But, yeah, just a great guy. Whenever you went out to Seattle, he always had a, a recommendation for you, let you know the lay of the land. And uh, always kept in touch uh, with me to, you know, know how the Falcons were doing and, and so forth and so on. But, yeah, one of one of the one of the greats passed away, and uh, we send our condolences here from the Bowtie Chronicles to John's family. So with that, uh, we're going to sign off. You all take care, enjoy the Masters, and have a great rest of your week. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.